It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And I'm excited, as I always am on Sunday mornings, to be able to be here with you on uh, 94.1 on your radio dial. Time to where we talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and all of the wonderful things that God is doing. Have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And this is show number 1,000. And 64. I've been doing this almost 20 years on four different stations, but uh, it's been an awful lot of fun. Got to meet a lot of folks, and I've got to meet somebody new even now, uh, Brother David Hill. He is here with me, and he is with the spring campaign of 40 Days for Life, and he is the coordinator for this particular campaign. Brother Hill, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Pastor. Now, I have been privileged now to have... uh, um, Two different, uh, you're the second one, just come to represent and talk about 40 Days for Life. Uh, Carolyn, is it Palato? Palato. How'd I do? That's pretty good. good. Yeah. And she she came two different years and, and explained it to us, helped us to understand what was going on. But uh, you go ahead and tell the folks what the campaign is about. Well, 40 Days for Life began in 2007 in Bryan, Texas. It was an outgrowth of the Coalition for Life there in Bryan, Texas. And uh, it started because there was an opening of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan. Bryan is right right next door to College Station where Texas A&M is. Um, A small group of Christians decided that they needed to do something about this. And four of them agreed that they would start a 40-day-long campaign of prayer 24 hours a day, each day for 40 days. And these were young people. They had jobs. They had families. They were students. And they managed to have people praying in front of this Planned Parenthood clinic 24 hours a day for 40 straight days. That's amazing <laughs> to get. Now, I don't I don't mean to knock young people, but young people have a tendency to get distracted sometimes. <laughs> they do. And to keep them focused for that amount of time to mm-hmm. accomplish this objective. Well, they had people helping yeah. them. OK, so what was the end result of it? Well, the end result was eventually this Planned Parenthood clinic closed down. And right now, today, that same building is the international headquarters of 40 Days for Life. <laughs> I love it when God makes things happen like that. Right. <laughs> it's totally incredible. If you've had the chance to see the movie Unplanned, you will understand the story. It's the story of Abby Johnson, who was the director of that Planned Parenthood right. clinic. Right. And... She was very good at her job being a director of Planned Parenthood Clinic. She was even awarded Employee of the Year at one point. Right. She was called into um, one of the one of the 
abortion rooms wants to help. They needed her to just fill in, and she held the ultrasound probe while the physician did the abortion. And she saw with her own eyes through the ultrasound screen um, the little child being torn apart, mm -hmm. and she immediately understood that it wasn't just a clump of cells. This was a living child that was being torn apart in the womb of its own mother. Is that where they said, beam me up, Scotty? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, That's I, what the doctor said. Yeah. You Sarcastically, as he was t instructing the nurse to turn on the suction yeah. machine. Yeah. I saw the movie, and it, it really is disturbing. It really is. But one of the things that amazed me about it was the fact that she was a believer. Yes. And, and was able to justify it, and her husband was not. I mean, he was a believer, but he, he did not justify it. No. And he would say to her, uh, how can you keep doing this? But her, she could justify it. But when she saw it. Her own parents and her husband were opposed to what she did for a living. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but yet when she saw it for her own eyes, mm -hmm. then that changed a lot of things, didn't it? It did. Now, and she had gotten to know the leaders of 40 Days for Life, Sean Carney and his wife. And they are the people who she went to in her right. distress right. at realizing what she had done. Yeah. And the thing about it is that you, you think about this is that if people could get a better visual, but they, that doesn't happen often. I mean, it's, it's like that's, that's taboo to actually show what takes place behind those closed doors. But it happens. And so it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And I think in a lot of people's minds, they just they don't get upset about it because they don't know about it. And, and to hear it is one thing, but to see it is something totally different. And I don't know why it is that uh, that seems to be something that just doesn't happen. You know? And if you do, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, the, the flashback that comes against somebody, if you were to post a, uh, an actual video of that someplace, I would imagine that you would be banned from whatever platform you posted that on for sure. I have seen worse things in my own profession. Which is? For uh, nearly 30 years, I was a surgical nurse. I was a certified surgical technologist and a surgical first assistant. I worked at both hospitals here locally in Tallahassee, Tallahassee Memorial for 15 years, and Capital Regional for about a year and a half as a traveling assignment. And the remainder of the 30 years traveling in different hospitals across the country. So you might say you've seen a few things. Yes, sir. And so uh, having your background and, and knowledge, does, did that affect you as far as one of the reasons why you're doing what you're doing today? It is the reason why I'm yeah. doing what I'm doing. Explain that to us. Well, when you're in nursing school, they don't tell you that one day you're going to be assigned to a room in surgery where they're doing abortions. It just kind of happens. Wow. They don't tell you when you're hired that this is going to happen. They don't really tell you that you can legally refuse to do this. Now, you kind of absorb this over the course of time, and you know that, that you can do this. But suddenly you come in one morning, and there you are assigned to a surgical room where DNEs are scheduled, which are surgical abortions. Wow. It, it's a disturbing thing if you have been brought up in the church and you don't right. believe this right. is a proper thing to do. 
And unfortunately, twice in my life, I knowingly participated in abortions. Wow. So now you were raised as a believer? Yes. And so mm-hmm. have you always felt that abortions were wrong? Ever since I knew what that was. Okay. And so here you, here you are in a situation where you're, you're thrust in the situation where you've got to see this thing. And what would have, would have happened? Now, now, you said they said that you didn't have to do this, but what? No, no one, no one comes to you and right. tells you that. Okay. But what, what if you had refused to participate? Well, someone else would have been signed to the room. Okay. But would that have affected your ability to go on with your education? Um, this was not – I was already, already had my education, so this was – as I was an employee of the hospital. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, would it have affected your employment? Status? Well, I'm sure that happens in some hospitals where that kind of attitude might be disapproved of. I don't think it was here in Tallahassee. Okay. Thankfully. So, so basically, if I'm understanding this correctly, you're, you're just at your normal job one day, and then when they say, David, we need you to go down there. Well, you come in and you look at the schedule and you see what cases ah, are assigned okay. to the room you're assigned to. Right. And you had never been assigned to this before? No. 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 Do you have any reason why that particular day you were assigned to that? No. It was just random luck of the draw. Uh-huh. But and it only happened twice. Well, it only happened twice before I uh, made the decision I would not do that anymore. Okay. Then that brings us to the question that I was asking. So it, you can say, no, I'm not going to do this. Yes. And, and still continue to be employed by your employer. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, but then again, like you said, this gives you a perspective of what's going on at Planned Parenthood and the other places that provide abortions. Mm-hmm. And now, what are things that you might say, well, well Pastor King, you talk about uh, – my rules on this show he said well you don't talk politics and so some people see this issue as political i don't i see it as spiritual because very much this is this is a this is god who created mankind who breathed his breath into mankind and here are people taking away their life before they even have a chance to be born to me that's spiritual. That's a very spiritual thing. And so that's the way I view it. And that's why I have people like you and others on the show, even though some would say, well, you you shouldn't do that because you're not political. I said, well, I'm not. <laughs> but I do believe in the sanctity of life. And I do believe that we're all created by God. And that whether you take a life before they're born or after they're born, it's in my world and in my view, I call it murder. Now, is that am I being extreme? No, sir. You are stating the case accurately. Okay. So, 40 Days for Life had its foundation or its founding in a, uh, a group of young people who determined that they were not going to uh, allow this facility to be. In, it was in Denton, Texas, right? Uh, Bryan, Texas. Bryan, Texas. Bryan, Texas. And so, they just took it on. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of like, and I just read this, just uh, – David and Goliath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he said, uh, uh, David said, I slew the bear and I slew the lion and I'll take down that giant. <laughs> and so, because it, it really would have seemed like a giant because Planned Parenthood has a lot of backing. And they talk about being political. 
But this is they are very political because they get money from the government. They do. And now our tax dollars. Yeah, absolutely. To go do what they do. And here are people like you and those who participate with you. You're spending your own time, your own resources to go out there. And and you're not going out there to uh now again, I'm going back for my conversation with Carolyn. You're not out there to be a rebel rouser. You don't go out there screaming and holler at people. What do you do? Well, to be participate in 40 Days for Life, you have to first sign a statement of peaceful protest, a statement of peace. Okay. You will do everything you do will be done law within the law. Okay. So yes. Um, we stay off of their property. Okay. We don't harass people going and coming. We simply are there to pray and to fast for the end of abortion. And we do it we do it there at the abortion clinics to be a visible sign. Abby Johnson, who was director of the Planned Parenthood Clinic there in Bryan, Texas, is well aware of how Planned Parenthood works. And Planned Parenthood at one time did a study to try to understand better understand why they were having so many no-shows, people not showing up for their appointments. And the study showed that at times, as many as 75% of the clients scheduled for a particular time would not show up. And the only thing they could attribute this to was the fact that there were people outside praying at that time. Uh-huh. Now, one of the things that I recall from having seen the, the movie, and again, I've, I've not been out there to at the place where you're talking about here, but from what Carolyn tells me, you're not able to be right there in front of the Planned Parenthood. No, the, the entrance is on the far side of the building. This building was designed to prevent the kind of ministry plan 40 Days for Life is and other kinds of pro-life ministries like sidewalk counseling. The entrance is on the far side away from Tennessee Street. It's up on a high hill. There is a large uh, drainage reservoir on the street that separates the sidewalk from the building itself. It's built like a fortress. There are security cameras on every corner of the building Wow. <laughs> it is designed to impede the kind of ministry 40 Days for Life is intentionally. Right. Now, so that is the parking lot, I guess the parking lot is away from where you all are at. So yes. With, so when somebody comes in and drives in, they're going over and they're parking in a place where you, you're, you're not going to see As far it. away from right. us as it possibly can right. be. And then they're coming right on into the building. And so there's no... Right. Uh, possibility for you to have uh, any, uh, um, I guess, any access to them or to hinder in any way. But does the research that you all find, are you still being effective? Well, this is a new building, and so we don't know. In the past, we were um, conducting the vigil in front of another abortion clinic here in town. The North Florida Women's um, Health Services, which has been operating in Tallahassee for decades under various ownership. Um, the current entity is owned by a local gynecologist, and uh, that probably is his chief source of income. He is an abortionist. Wow. 
And most of us are not aware of this. No. Me, me included. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So now, so you have you all stood out there too and prayed? Uh, yes. This facility was on Cross Creek Circle off of Appalachia Parkway. And the situation was very different. We could stand right by the entrances. And the, and the building was close enough to the street that we were very obvious to the people going in and out. Well, uh, this particular doctor moved his office to another location where he's in the middle of a large office complex, not visible to the public right of way on either side of this office complex. So um, he's doing the same thing Planned Parenthood was doing. He took a page from from their book. Yes. (laughs) Their playbook. Well, but the thing about it is that the power of prayer transcends all of that. It does. I mean, if you all are there and your purpose is to pray, mm-hmm. you're praying for spiritual intervention. Exactly. Say, God, you do this, and I'm just one of those people that's naive enough to believe that God can do that sort of thing. So I'm just curious if you have any, do you have any numbers? I mean, is there any, any way to be able to track anything in that aspect? Well, when we were um, at the abortion clinic when it was on Cross Creek Circle, people would stop and tell us thank you with tears in their eyes. Because they saw you there? Yes. And maybe even changed And made the decision to not have an abortion. Wow. Now, where the entrance is, where we are on, on West Tennessee Street, it's designed to, yeah. so that those interactions are and, difficult. And they don't even see you there at all? Mostly, no. Right, right. But it, unless maybe when they're driving up the street. When they're coming in the entrance, if we are there on the corner of West Tennessee Street and Warchant Drive, they will see us. Okay. But that's not a guaranteed thing. Right, right. Okay. So tell us, how does it work? Do you, you 24-7? Is there certain hours? The or? campaigns here in Tallahassee have been 12-hour-a-day campaigns, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Okay. Now, do you coordinate who all is going to be there? Do you, they... Sign up the if we have enough people signing up, we try to make the effort to have someone there at every hour between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Okay. We've had a lot of difficulty since this uh, pandemic with getting people to come. Um, when the when the when the pandemic first occurred, we were in the middle of a campaign. And the leadership in Texas decided to cancel the campaign. And I'm sure you know that this has been a phenomenon in every church. It's oh yeah difficult to get people to come back to church. It's been one of those things that uh, the kingdom of God has been challenged. Yes. <laughs> With and I think it. that's intentional on yeah. the part of our enemy. Well, no doubt. No doubt about that. I, I have no doubt about that at all. And, and there's a lot of people who still have not gone back to church. I'm aware of that. Uh, now, some churches completely shut down during that time. My church did not. We never closed anybody one Sunday. And uh, if I had to do it again, I'd do the same thing again. But that's neither here nor there. You're right. It does affect what's going on. But do you st- think it still does? Yes. Really? I still think it is d- right. having an effect. Wow. So now, you would like to be able to, to have a person present. More than one the, person present. The, but during the whole 12 hours every Yes, day. especially during the hours that the 
the clinic is open. Okay. Now, are they open on weekends? They uh, Planned Parenthood is not open on Saturday or Sunday. Okay. Now, do you have people who still go out there during those hours? Yes. Okay. Now, if somebody wants to be involved in this, what would they do? The best way to become involved is to go to the website, which is 40daysforlife.com, 40daysforlife.com, slash Tallahassee is the local campaign. Or just do a web search, 40 Days for Life, and it will show up. Now, there's something I'm drawn from my memory here about there's a fee for the whole overall campaign that goes to Bryan, Texas. Right. Just uh, administrative costs for they do the website, which we use locally. Okay. And um, really, the supplies they send to the leaders of the various um, spring and fall campaigns is almost covered by that fee, the supplies they send us to conduct the campaign. So, so, so that's just not uh, every individual that's in. Oh, no, this is just, just for starting the campaign. Right, right. Peop, uh, no, no, there is no cost to participate in this at all. Right. It's just a matter of giving your time and your prayers for the end of abortion. Okay. Now, how long have you been involved in this? Um, since 2011. And what brought you to this? I know you, you talked about your, your work and, the, and the, I guess the time that you were required to go in and participate in this that mm-hmm. you talked about earlier but what was it that brought you to be involved in this particular uh, ministry i saw an announcement in a bulletin about an organizational meeting at the church i was attending at the time and i went to that okay and that was for the first 40 days for life campaign here in tallahassee and how long ago was that 2011 wow so this is uh, nine years, mm-hmm. and it's been going on for nine years in Tallahassee. Yes, I, like see, I found out about it about well, it's been I guess it's three years ago now, mm-hmm. and I had not heard anything about it prior to that. And somebody brought it to my attention, and I ended up with uh, getting up with Carolyn, and she came into the show with us, and we we shared that. But you have not only a, a spring campaign is what you're involved in now; you also do one in the fall, right? Okay. The spring campaign runs from Ash Wednesday to Palm Sunday during the Christian season of Lent, and the fall campaign is the forty days before All Saints Sunday. All Saints Sunday is the Sunday which follows november 1st okay now are there other organizations that that are out there praying and different things yes there are um grace church here in tallahassee has a sidewalk um sidewalk counseling ministry and they were at um north florida women's services on Cross Creek Circle, and they have come to Planned Parenthood on a weekly basis, and I still believe they're doing that. Um, They try to get as close as they can to the entrance and pray and call out to the ladies to come and speak to them. And thankfully, the property owner right next to Planned Parenthood has given them permission to stand on his property and do that okay <laughs> and I, now isn't it true that a woman's pregnancy center is right in that 
they have their uh, yes thankfully yeah. uh, a women's pregnancy center's sister uh, ministry called mosaic sexual yes, health yes. clinic yeah. is on the opposite corner on right. the same side of the street right, right. as yeah because jamie jamie brown who's the director of women's pregnancy center, right she's been on the show many times mm-hmm. and uh, that was something the lord laid on her heart to do yeah and, and of course uh, i always love to hear the stories about people who hear from god and they have a vision they have no idea how it's going to happen, but they say, well, okay, I got, I'll just step out, and then next thing you know, this falls into place, and this falls into place, and she has those kind of stories. <laughs> and it just, it just amazes me that that people who are just willing to just be obedient, mm-hmm. got to use them. <laughs> and, uh, and so she was telling me here recently, the last time she was there, was another piece of property that was available, and they bought it, too, for some reason or another. And uh, now, you have to keep in mind, like, see, I've done 1,064 shows. Things begin to run together after a while. <laughs> I don't remember all the details about but I get excited when I hear that, that God's using people who are willing to do extraordinary things because God's in it. And so uh, what you're doing is, this is what I was, was talking about earlier, about, okay, so they can't see you. And you can't see them. Well, they see us as they drive into the entrance. Right. But but the but I'm just counting on the power of the prayers that you're praying. Right. That they're going to have an effect, and they're going to, I believe, in, at times change a woman's heart. They do because I mean you got to you got to think about this. This has got to be such an emotional thing. I mean I I think about things that I've had to do in life. Um, you know. You're going to do something, and you know this could be life-transforming, and you're right there at the door, and you're you're about to open the door, and you're thinking, man, when I open this door, this is going to make a huge difference in my life. But these women have got to be thinking this, that when I go through this door, this is, this is going to be impactful. And so because of that, I'm thinking that the, the reality that God could just be right there because you've got these people out here on the sidewalk that's praying. See, I, I see the power of that. So I'm I'm just glad you all do what you do. Now, how did you yourself get involved in? I mean, you're the director this time. Now, when we have the fall campaign, it may or may not be you. Mm-hmm. It's somebody who's willing to step up mm-hmm. and do this. Right. And this time it was you. What, what brought you to that place? Um, since 2015, um, Mrs. Tony Hepburn, Carolyn Polato, and myself have alternatingly been the campaign coordinators. Okay. And, and there was a day when you were at your local church, you saw some literature, you, you were not involved in it before, you'd never heard of it before, and now you're running the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's amazing myself. I, I think that... that uh, you know, God has plans. You know, the, the Word of God says that He is a master planner, and He's brought all this together. And you think of all of the impact that it's had because of the three of you who you get together and you plan and you say, okay, we're going to do this. But now how is the participation uh, throughout the city? How does that go? Well, uh, I have to admit, it disappoints me. Okay. There are, this city is full of people who are pro life. Sure. It is. But so often the people who are pro-life 
will come to banquets to raise money for pregnancy centers and participate in golf tournaments that do the same things. But when it comes to putting out the effort to stand on a street corner, no matter what the weather might be, and to pray for the end of abortion, that's too hard. Mm-hmm. Is that the reason why? One of the other reasons is this is not as well publicized as it could be. Uh-huh. So people don't know about it. Yeah, yeah. Now, you have certain uh, churches, we don't, we don't name names, that you say, well, we've got this many churches or this many groups, they're involved. Is there a number to that? Um, there's no specific number. 40 Days for Life is non-denominational. Okay. It is not associated with any particular church. I, I, I did state my question well, so I'm going to try it again here. In other words, if you said, we've got this many churches, that they sp- participate is there a number to that is it, you can, I, can, I, can, no. I can think of 10 i can think of 10 or 10 it, or this is it has more to do with the individuals in churches rather than the church that itself right some churches um the leadership of some churches are more willing to participate but there again that's more of a matter of becoming aware of it right Right. Well, that's that's kind of where I'm going, going with all this is the fact that uh, uh, if if the word is being announced in the churches, and it always has to come down to somebody that's willing to lead this thing. Right. Uh, my expression was somebody's got to drive this train. Right. There <laughs> so, needs to be a coordinator yeah, in each church. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Who would be willing to to get up and and uh, share what's going on, and maybe even go to the to the website that you have sign up for a day or or an hour or whatever it was because it it, people are just who they are everybody is busy in life and we make our choices we all have our priorities Mm -hmm. and so to bring to bring that to a level of priority in a local church it often refers recalls or the somebody get the burden and uh, and then they bring others so how do you, as far as when, you, when you're filling out the little squares of saying, okay, this hour, this hour, this hour, they go on the website to do this? How, how do you know who's coming? Uh, people will sign up for particular times of prayer anytime between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the website. They, you, the person chooses that themselves. And if they choose a time that is not already occupied, that's better. My preference would be that there will be four or five people there every single hour okay. so that people can support each other. Nobody's there by themselves. One of the best things, if you're intimidated by this, and I was intimidated the first time I ever went and did this. You know, and I'm... I'm six one and two hundred twenty pounds. You you wouldn't think I would look. I would feel intimidated, <laughs> but I was. Huh. It's to come to one of the weekly uh, evening prayer services we have on Thursday nights at six p.m. There is a group of people there, so you won't be alone, and we can tell you about where to park and what we do. And you can participate in the evening prayer service just to get a flavor of what we do. Okay. And what time does that start? It's at 6 p.m. each Thursday night during the 40-day campaign. The campaign is March 2nd to April 10th. So this at this particular time, 
you don't sign up, you don't register, you just show up. You just show up. Just show up. Right. And, and uh, uh, give us directions again. Uh, how, how would they get there? Planned Parenthood is on West Tennessee Street. If you're heading out of town, it'll be on the right. It's across the street from uh, Cancun Sports Bar and Grill, which has been there for years. Um, it's before you get to Apple Yard Drive. Not very far before you get to Apple Yard Drive as you're going west on West Tennessee Street. Okay, so if somebody wanted to just show up, 6 o'clock right. on Thursday night, mm-hmm. you'll be there. They don't have to do anything. Nope. They just, they just show up. They can participate if they want to. They don't have to. Right. But this is a learning time. Right. So, so that hey, radio audience, listen to me here. That's a good way to go about it. Uh-huh. Because that way, you go out and get the feel for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the parking, parking has been graciously provided by Mosaic Sexual Health Clinic, which is on the opposite corner of Planned Parenthood. It's, um, it's a pro-life ministry itself. And they allow us to park in their parking lot on the far end. That's right there near, isn't it, uh, the, the back TCC entrance? Yeah. Um, it's, if you're going west on Tennessee, um, TCC you, is on Apple Yard Drive, yeah. and it's before you get to Apple Yard Drive. That's right, because you're before you get to Apple Yard. That's what I'm talking about, after Apple Yard. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm trying to get the thing. I've got to drive out there and just check this out. I've been meaning to do that. But I've, then again, I've been meaning to do a lot of things that I don't get done. But uh, but anyway, I would encourage that. The, the Thursday night thing would be a good place to start. Just go out there, show up, and see what's going on. We have a Facebook page, Tallahassee 40 Days for Life. Information can be found on there. If you sign, if you go to the website, 40daysforlife.com slash Tallahassee, and sign, just put in your email address, you will get also emails about what's going on with the local campaign. Okay. All right. Uh, David Hill is the gentleman you've been listening to here this morning. We're going to take a little time here, play a little gospel music, because it's kind of like what, what Pastor King likes to do. And I thought this would be a good song for us. It's uh, called the uh, Thank Him for the Miracles by the you know, Child of the King that's uh, very much loved. And that's the whole point of uh, this show today, because God loves people. And the scripture says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And to think that a child's life is taken before they're ever born, it has to grieve the very heart of God. And so this is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I am Pastor Jack King. I am your host. I've been doing this for a while. And, uh, well, I love doing what I do. But I'm also a pastor. I pastor the Freedom Road Christian Ministry. We're located at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. Love visitors. And I'd love to have you come worship with us. 1105 is our start time. FRCM.us. That's the website. You can check us out at that. Also, you can find this show on podcast. If you go to, if you type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee, it'll come up and there's all kinds of them on there. But you're looking for show number 1064. And you can share it with a friend if you want to or listen to it again. It'll be there for you. Also, don't forget to tune in on Saturday nights for the Saturday Night Gospel Sing with me. I'm your host, Pastor Jack King. Full hour of the best music on the planet. (laughs) I love it.
and I love sharing it with you. And one other thing is that youth camp's coming up here July 18 through 22. Christian Youth Ministries International is a group that I have founded. It's going to be our 10th year of our youth camp. And I tell you what, I love the, the ministry of youth camp because you can do so much in the heart of a young person. I'm a product of youth camp. I've been going to youth camp since I was nine years old. Ran the open Bible youth camp for almost 30 years. And I see what God can do. So I'm encouraging you to send your young people. You can call me at area code 850-567-1703. We'll have uh, it on Facebook here for too long. We're getting brochures and all put together. But I'm giving you a head start. July 18 through 22, ages 8 through 18. We run two camps side by side. Give me a call and I'll tell you all about it. Brother David Hill is by gas today, 40 days for life. It's a campaign that they have them in the spring and the fall. This is the spring campaign. And uh, Brother David, when did it start? Uh, the original 40 days for life started in uh, 2007 in Bryan, Texas. Okay. Now, when did this one here for this campaign? When did it start here? Oh, this particular spring campaign began on uh, March 2nd and will go on until April 10th. Okay. So by the time you hear this, time we re uh, air this program, we'll be probably right in the middle of it. Yes, sir. But there's still time that you can participate in it. So don't feel like, oh, I missed it and uh, I didn't get involved in the front of it. But uh, you'll still be able to participate. Now, give me that date again. When is it in? Um, April 10th. Okay. Palm April Sunday. 10th. Okay. Palm Sunday. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that people are aware of uh, how to get in touch with you. So give us all of that information again. Not necessarily in touch with you, but in touch with the campaign. Uh, the website that you can get involved with the campaign on is 40daysforlife.com slash Tallahassee. That's 40daysforlife.com slash Tallahassee. Tell the folks what you would like for them to do as far as getting involved. This is a campaign of prayer and fasting and community outreach the purpose is the of the campaign is to end abortion in our city. That's a huge goal. <laughs> I mean, it really is incredible when you think about it. But, uh, well, you start with one city. It's just like in Bryan, Texas, uh, that, I think that's an incredible story, the boldness of those young people who are willing to just be consistent and persistent. Stick with it. And they accomplished this tremendous objective. They, they shut that... Planned Parenthood facility down <laughs> through their prayers. <laughs> through their yes, prayers, yeah. Well, I mean, it was God uses people, that, and so and now here we're saying the same thing. God wants to use people. One of the reasons why I've invited uh, Brother Hill to be on the show here, and this is the third time I've had this ministry here on the show, is because I'm encouraging this radio audience to get involved, to participate. And uh, and I like what you said, Brother David, earlier. It says, well, the first time you went, you're a big guy, but you were intim uh, intimidated. Yes. Well, I think that's good. I think it's good for people to hear that because you got over it. I did. Now, how's it feel now when you go out there? Uh, well, unfortunately, I feel comfortable doing it. Okay. But I want to. I wanted to. <laughs> 
when you do something enough, you become comfortable at it. Sure. That's yeah. all that is. That's a, that's the whole point. How do you get rid of the your, uh, you know, when, when you're just nervous and you get over that nervousness? How do you get over that? You but, do it. You pray. It. Yeah. You, you yeah. stick to it. Yeah. Just just go out there and just de- defeat that and say, devil, I'm not going to let you intimidate me. I'm not going to let you scare me off. I'm not going to let you stop me. I've determined I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it. And then you go out there, and then after a while, you, as you've said, you start feeling comfortable doing what you're doing. But it probably didn't happen that first time you went, did it? Oh, no. No. How long did it take? Oh, it took a few times. <laughs> okay. But you're still doing it. Yes. You're still doing it. Now, let's go back to uh, earlier in the show. You're talking about now you are a, a nurse. Uh, is that the right term? A surgical nurse. A surgical nurse. Formal term, a certified surgical technologist and a surgical first assistant. Okay. And you've worked in local hospitals here. You've you traveled some. And you were, at one time in your life, they, they assigned you to go to, a, a, I guess, a room at the hospital where they were doing an abortion, and you didn't know this, that's where they were sitting. Well, I didn't know when I came to work that day that, 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 that that's what would happen. Okay. And uh, you've, you shared a little bit about that experience, but, but uh, is there something more that was involved in that? how it affected you because you've you've said that this is one of the reasons why you're doing what you're doing here it is the reason you know um i feel like i um cleaned the gun loaded the gun cocked the gun and put it in the hand of the person who pulled the trigger wow that's pretty graphic (laughs) i mean in other words even though you were not the one with the intent to do this Am I, am I interpreting this right? That well, I was. I participated in it as the uh, assistant of the surgeon doing it. Uh-huh. And uh, this is it. Still has an emotional effect on you, doesn't it? Very much. Yeah. It's, it's hard so, to talk about. Yeah. But I mean, is there more that you can, you can share with us? After I came to the decision that I would no longer participate in abortions myself. Um, one evening when I was working on a Saturday doing a double shift, I, I did double shifts on Saturdays and Sundays for um, a number of months. Um, became very close with the uh, RN who was the circulating nurse who worked with me. Uh, one Saturday evening, uh, a gynecologist calls and posts a D&E. A D&E is... A surgical abortion. It's a very unusual thing on a Saturday evening. Usually in surgery, those are posted on weekdays, and they're not unexpected, so to speak. This was on a Saturday evening. This was a patient who had come through the ER, and the gynecologist on call got the case. And it was an unusual case because the gynecologist was relatively young and inexperienced. She called an older gynecologist, probably the backup gynecologist, on call for the hospital, and he came and he assisted her, which is extremely unusual because a D&E is not a complicated procedure, and typically a gynecologist will do it by themselves without the assistance of another doctor. And that she called this older, more experienced doctor spoke to the unusual circumstances of this case. It was obviously something she had never seen before. 
in thinking about it for years, I've deduced what was going on. This was a patient who had come to the ER after a failed saline abortion. A saline abortion is a procedure that they don't typically do any longer. Saline would be injected into the uterine cavity and it essentially scalds the child, kills them, and yeah, they. I've heard of it, yeah. And the, the child is delivered vaginally dead. Well, something went wrong and the child did not get delivered in the abortion clinic. And the patient, and this young girl, 16 year old young girl, shows up in the ER. So they schedule her for a DNE, and usually DNEs are first trimester procedures. Well, they go back to the room and do the procedure, and I'm sitting at the front desk waiting for, you know, the phones and anything that might else that might come in. And I hear over the intercom, clean up in room four. And because one of the other techs who his, who was on call had to come in and do this case because I no longer would participate in an abortion, I felt like I should go back there and clean up for them so they could go home and not have to stay any longer than they had to. So I go back to the to the OR to help clean up. Well, the case was not complete. Both surgeons were still standing there attending to the patient who was probably still bleeding. Well, as I walk into the room and walk around the surgical table, I see something I had never seen before in my life. I saw an infant boy um, lying on a cold stainless steel table, wearing only a Kelly clamp on his umbilical cord. And as I walk a little closer, I see him move his arm. And I stammer. He moved his arm. He's alive. Well, no one says a word. My friend, who is the circulating nurse, um, he says across the room to me, go over and take the Kelly clamp off the cord so he'll stop suffering. And I stammer back, I can't do that. No one else in the room is saying a word. The doctors are not saying a word. Dick, my friend, who was the circulating nurse, calmly puts down the stuff he was cleaning up. He walks over to the table and takes the Kelly clamp off the, off the umbilical cord of the child. And, of course, the child bleeds to death. At that point, I turn around and walk out of the room. Now, later, after the case was over and the patient had been taken to the recovery room, I did go back to the room to clean up. And one of the hardest things I ever did in my life was take that now dead little child. This was late in the third trimester and put that child in a bucket of formaldehyde to be sent to pathology. Now, was the child uh, so damaged because of the saline solution thing? That yes, he looked like he had been scalded. And so from, he could not have, have lived. If I know now, if I knew then what I know now, I would have picked that child up and ran up one flight of stairs to the MICU. Uh -huh. I have personally met a young lady who would be about the same age as that child if that child had survived, named Gianna Jensen, who is a survivor of a failed saline abortion. Okay. That child could have lived if it had been attended to. Right. But you didn't know that at the time. I did not know yeah. that at the time. Yeah. 
And I did not know for sure this child was alive. Mm -hmm. That could have been a post-mortem twitch of some kind. Right, right. But the the thing that that I'm sensing here, just from what you're telling us, is that there are, there are more of these type of things that goes on than, than the average person would be aware of. Right. Well, that is a yeah. very unusual case. But there is another phenomenon that goes on in all hospitals or potentially can go on in all hospitals. It's what I call hidden abortions. Patients and doctors will lie about the real condition of a patient so they can use the services and personnel of hospitals to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. Um, They will say that the patient has had a missed AB, a miscarriage, when in fact the the patient may have an intact pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And what is being done is an abortion secretly. Right, and and the thing is, is that even within the walls of the of the Planned Parenthood, there's a lot of things that we're not aware of that 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 are not allowed to be exposed to the general public. Oh yes, because it's become so. Um, I don't know. The, I, I don't. I don't like to use the word political because I, I don't refer to this as political, but there are those who do. Well, there's the intimate connection between Planned Parenthood and other abortion facilities and the pharmaceutical industry Mm -hmm. and the tissue that is procured from aborted fetuses and how it is used in the testing of new pharmaceutical products. Right. These are the secrets that that we're not aware of. And, of course, in in your uh, quest to pray – were the God that you would intervene some way or another, not only in the in the life of that woman that's about to go in and have this done, but as a nation that we would become a people who who would not be desensitized to these things. I mean, it, it's kind of like as a, a you know, out of sight, out of mind in, in, in so many ways. And, Much evil is hidden in this world. Yeah, but well, I've said people are not. Uh, they're not moved by it because they don't know about it. Exactly. And and even to, to like what you talked about earlier, what you're doing, even the, in the churches in the Tallahassee area, well, churches are not aware that you all are out there praying that the, that you're most make, aren't that that you're making an appeal for people to come join you, not to go as I said earlier to be a rebel rouser and cause a lot of trouble. Oh no, just to go out and pray because as Christian people we believe in the power of prayer. If, if we don't believe that, then we're nothing. I mean, we you know we we, we don't have anything to say if we don't believe in the very uh, tenement of what we are. We're people who pray and believe God. And one of the key aspects is fasting. Our sure. Lord himself said, some demons yeah. are only driven out by prayer and fasting. That's right. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. So the combination of fasting and prayer and then and also I think there's something to be said about the visible. I mean the fact that you're you're you, what people say, well, I could just stay home and pray. Yeah, you can. Yes, but, but a, it, a woman going into an abortion clinic doesn't see you at home there praying. You go. There you go. The, the visibility of, of what you're doing to let people know that, uh, that hey, I'm here as I'm standing against what's going on behind those walls in there, which you and I, I'm assuming you would too, would say this is evil. <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a force opposite of what we worship 
in who we pray to, that there's a force behind this that's causing these people, and I think it's so many often that the women are, they're beguiled in the aspect that they think this is the only solution, but yet there are other solutions. Now, let me get on my stump just for a second, then I'll let you finish up here. When I was uh, years ago, when they used to have the life chain that would take place here in Tallahassee, I had a man that used to go to my church, and he, he was attending, and I hadn't seen him probably about a year. And I'm, I'm standing there at the life chain, and all of a sudden, I look up, and there's this guy just standing next to me that I knew because he used to go to my church. And he was opposed to what we were doing with the life chain. But he made a point, and he was involved in uh, adoption. And he was saying to me, while we were standing there in the life chain, he said, okay, you want to not have these babies. You want to prevent these babies from not being born. They said, what about all these babies who become born and then they end up in foster care forever and ever and ever. And he, he, what he was talking about the flip side. So what I'm saying is that there's got to be two sides to this thing for us as a church. Yeah, we're opposed to the abortion, but are we doing anything to help? In other words, the, the, the Christian families need to adopt babies. <laughs> and that, that's a bold statement to make because and well, it is the truth yeah yeah because uh there are a lot of needs in that area too all right brother david we got uh three minutes can i read you just the brief statement of sure. what 40 days for life absolutely is. 40 days for life helping to end the injustice of abortion 40 days for life is an internationally coordinated 40-day campaign that aims to end abortion locally through prayer and fasting, community outreach, and a peaceful all-day-long vigil in front of abortion businesses. Christ told us some demons can only be driven out by prayer and fasting. The two go hand in hand. Prayer keeps us rooted in the fact that it is our desire to carry out God's will. Fasting is a sacrifice that helps us reach beyond our own limitations with God's help. Each day during the 40 days of life, individuals, churches, families, and groups will be asked to join together in prayer for a specific request so the entire body of Christ can unite around a common focus. People of faith are also invited to, cast, to fast throughout the 40 days of life. We believe that when God's people fast with a broken, repentant, and contrite spirit, our Heavenly Father will hear from heaven and heal our lives, our churches, our communities, our nation, and our world. The visible public centerpiece of 40 Days for Life is a focused 40-day, non-stop, round-the-clock prayer vigil outside, of single, outside a single Planned Parenthood center or other abortion facility in each community. It is a peaceful and educational presence. Those who are called to stand witness during this 40 24-hour-a-day presence send a powerful message to the community about the tragic reality of abortion. It also serves as a call to repentance. 
for those who work at the abortion center and those who patronize the facility. If you do not have an abortion facility or Planned Parenthood office in your town, you can still conduct a 40 Days for Life campaign. I'm, However, I'm going to I'm gonna have to stop you there, okay. Dave, because we're about to run out of time here. We always close the broadcast out with prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that... Uh, uh, David and, and those on his team are stepping up to do this. Father God, I pray that as a city that we'll become involved, Lord God, that you'll bless what they do, Father. Lord, we just pray for, for peace around the world. Father, we pray for our country. We pray for your kingdom, O oh God. And we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem, the nation of Israel. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother David, thank you for coming and sharing these things with us. 40 Days for Life. You can go to their website and check it out. Until, Thank you, Pastor King. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.